Good day, everybody, and welcome to Hashtag Marketech Mondays. This is a show that features industry leaders who will share about their career journey to inspire the world of marketing. This is an initiative of Blogapalooza and Marketech APAC. Our guest for today is the one that's also featured alongside myself in The Evangelist, and she is an experienced and seasoned marketing practitioner with years of experience under her belt in the hospitality industry. She has worked with the Hanan Group of Resorts, the Ascot Limited, Crimson Boracay, and she's now with Grand Hyatt Manila as its Director for Marketing Communications. Ladies and gentlemen, and everyone in between, let's all put our hands together for Miss Heidi Manabat. Hi, Heidi. Hello. Hi, Ace. Nice to see you. Nice to see you. Good day. And thank you mm-hmm. for making time for us here in Architect Mondays. Very, very pleased and happy to have you in the show. What's keeping you busy right now, Heidi? Well, uh, the hotel really, I mean, as JJ said, I, I missed my deadline for this and I'm so sorry. But, you know, it's really the hotel, the hotel that's keeping me busy. Yeah, right. Um, I was, I also ha- heard it from the grapevine that Grand Hyatt Manila did not close during this entire pandemic. How was that experience like for you not having to close despite the quarantine? Well, um, it, it was bittersweet for us, mainly because, you know, um, we've had several colleagues that, um, decided not to come in, you know, mainly because of their concerns, um, like, you know, going around the city or or having to stay in the hotel, so to speak. Mm So, um, it's been bittersweet in that sense, but, uh, we're happy that we didn't close, you know, we were able to, um, stay afloat even during, uh, the ECQ period, the hard lockdown. So, um, yeah, it's been good so yeah. far. That is good to hear. But yeah. what yeah. were your major observations in terms of the on the hotel side of things, the hotel industry when the lockdown mm-hmm. period happened? How did the fluctuations happen for for Grand Hyatt at least? Well, for us, I think it would um, it would it, it was actually great for us during the pandemic, during the actual mm-hmm. lockdown, because we had. Um, we had BPO staying with us. Mm-hmm. So we were actually running full. But then when everything eased up, <laughs> I think that was around June, that's when start, uh, things started getting uh, a little bit more difficult in terms of bookings. Yeah, because you couldn't really accept, um, you couldn't accept staycations and quarantine guests weren't really, you know, as as big as business uh, booking. Right. So yeah. that's when the fluctuation, so to speak, started. So right. right now we're, we're accepting staycation guests. So that's, that's a good thing. I mean, mm-hmm. we have um, people coming over for the holidays and things like right. that. So, yeah. Yeah, I'd love for us to talk about more of the requirements for staycations because I know it's different right now. But before yes. that, right into the topic of your career, Heidi, I'm mm-hmm. sure our viewers would love to know more about what got you started, where was your first job, what got you into marketing in the first place. Uh, maybe we could start with talking about your career journey starting with your first job. Now, Heidi... Mm-hmm. What was your first job, and was that in line with marketing? Well, um, I started with a sporting line. I don't know if you've heard of it. The name is Mizuno. They specialize in golf, running, um, volleyball, yeah. football. So um, I started out as a marketing officer. So I started handling um, many events and things uh-huh. like that. So look, uh, it, it was connected to marketing, but it also had this sales component because there were, um, of course, you had to look after the quotas and things like that. So. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, still connected to marketing. I, I started mm-hmm. um, being interested in the field when I was still in college. So like mm-hmm. after I graduated, everyone else went to banks. And I decided to, you know, go more the quote-unquote creative, artistic yeah. side. Yeah. Right. But has, mm-hmm. you, has it always been with you, though? I mean, have you always wanted to be in that creative side of marketing? Or did you just land into it because it was an opportunity that was available at that time and it made sense to grab it right away? Uh, no, I actually, when I was mm-hmm. uh, still in college, it was something that I already um, realized mm-hmm. that I actually really liked. So prior to graduating, I, mm-hmm. I decided that, you know, I don't think banks are for me because mm-hmm. um, my, my degree is actually international business and economics. So it's really yeah. not like it's not mass com or, yes. or advertising and things like mm-hmm. that. So, um, yeah, even before I graduated, I already knew that I wanted to do something more along the lines of marketing, PR, things yeah. like that. So. Yeah, um, when I started looking for a job, that was um, that was what I had in mind. I didn't apply for like any uh, management trainee positions in banks and things like that. It's really that field. Yeah, mm-hmm. but coming from sports, coming from that industry, and moving into hospitality, what was that shift like for you? And how did you get into that industry shift? I would say. Hmm. Okay. Um. What's weird is after Mizuno, I actually went into McDonald's. I, I joined McDonald's as a real estate um, officer. So more on the business development side of things. That's where I actually got to use my degree. So it was more PNL and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, I moved to Smart. Okay. And then that's when I realized, okay, I don't think um, business development or asset management, um, that mm-hmm. side of things um, is for me. So uh, I started looking for jobs online. Uh, through jobs, I saw the opening for Henan. So I was quite hesitant. I was thinking, okay, it's a marketing manager position. Do I actually have what it takes? So mm. I'm, I'm a believer in you can try. So it's better for you to try rather than, you know, just wonder if, if you could have gone into it or if you could have made it or not. So mm. I give it a try. Um, fortunately, I was able to um, get through all of the interviews. And yeah, uh, that's what landed me the job. Transition-wise, yeah, transition-wise, it was quite, um, I don't know, I don't really come into things afraid, so Mm -hmm. to speak. So when I, when I started, it it just felt like, you know, okay, what do I need to do? I just, I just started, um, reviewing everything, just started Mm -hmm. to look into what had to be done and things like that. So Mm -hmm. it was, um, it was Mm -hmm. a fun challenge. It was a fun challenge, so to speak. So, yeah. What were the kind of, uh, you know, the kinds of, shift i would say that you had to really go through because that was a total industry shift i mean coming into yes. Hena, you said yes. oh, this is my first foray i'd say into hospitality yeah. that is marketing yeah. right away how was that how yeah. was that like for you what kinds of things did you have to fast track in terms of learning Fast track, I would say, because um, it involved uh, social media. So during that time, it wasn't really. I mean, it was. It was. I, I would say like the beginning of an era for for social media uh, marketing and influencer marketing. So I think what I had to fast track really was um, how I would adapt to uh, taking care of media, taking care of uh, taking care of influencers. But even then, during that time, influencers were something that was a little bit more taboo since the owners of Henan, they're actually very traditional. So mm-hmm. you know, it was it, it it was quite a challenge, but you know, it 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 worked out, all worked out in the end. As you know, you know, we've we've had 
several uh, influencers in Henan. So I would say what I had to really fast track um, was that really just learning how to take care of, of other people just for them to, for me to be able to make them feel or experience something that's unique to Henan or unique to um, the resorts that we were inviting them to. So it was more of um, the service side, so to speak. Yeah. I love that. All right. So let's now go to the <laughs> conversation of your current job because that one I'm particularly interested in because, yeah. you know, it's Grand Hyatt Manila. It's the Grand Hyatt Manila, one of the most prestigious hotels in that area of, of Metro Manila. Yeah. And, and Heidi, I've heard also that, you know, you're, it's just more a little more than a year for you here in Grand Hyatt. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And um, faced with the pandemic, how was this? communications marketing role like for you given this pandemic in that industry yeah well i would say um you know we've handled crisis before you know how how we how we handle or deal with crisis um and this is something very unique because you know i've handled um a fire um i guess that you know, we had difficulties with the guests and things like that. But, you know, a pandemic is quite different. It's, it, I would say it tests how you can communicate better with, with your guests and how you can um, do that in a way where they feel like you're giving them this, not really shocking, no, but, but mm-hmm. it could be terrifying for them, but you give it mm-hmm. to them in a way or you say it to them in a way where they don't really feel like they're, they have to be scared for their lives. Because right, yeah. we we had um, we had a positive case early on, a positive mm-hmm. case early on in March, and um, mm-hmm. everyone was wondering like, how do we say it? How, what what do we need to say? And I'm actually blessed with the GM that's um, very understanding and is very transparent as well. So right. we we sat down and we said, um, okay, we have to say everything. We have to tell them the truth. Um, when did it start? It has to be communicated. Uh, to them in a way where they can ask questions. They won't feel like, you know, we're just telling you this and that's the end of it. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that was um, one of the earlier challenges in, in March. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it, it, it was met with uh, a support system, so to speak, in the hotel. So, mm-hmm. blessed. I'm, I'm blessed with a GM that's transparent. It's, it's um, one year into the job, they were actually telling me, oh, grabe, first year mo. Like, your first year is actually very eventful. Like, yes. there was taal. Yes. Yeah, there was taal. Then there's uh, this pandemic. And I, I would say I spent, like, maybe 70 or 80% of my time in Grand Hyatt Manila during the pandemic. Because I started last year. November. Mm-hmm. So yeah, when I came in, my first day I already had an event and we did the Christmas tree lighting on the same week. So very eventful. They've been telling me, okay, I, I think uh, Grand Hyatt is trying to test your, your limits or, or yes. your patience. Your or yes, persistence also is one thing. Yeah. Yes, but correct. You, you, you know, you've been talking about challenges in the recent times, but what mm-hmm. about, let's talk about your career challenges, maybe the most major ones that you recall, or maybe, you know, coming from different industries, what were your challenges in this marketing journey of yours? Challenges. Um, I would say challenges include, of course, um, maybe defending, more of defending or, or making people understand how marketing works. No, it's not I mean, there there have always been set ways or traditional ways where we um, 
do the marketing on different channels. But I would say one of the challenges is really trying to make um, the traditional generation understand how digital marketing can can be very beneficial for a brand. I mean, how it can make or break a brand, how it can help you during a crisis, how it can help you communicate your promotions quickly, things like that. So I think that's one of the challenges that I've had earlier on in my career. I mean, um, but then, I mean, I, what I always like to say is you let the work speak for yourself. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you don't, I mean, I'm not the type of person, actually, this is the first time I've actually said yes to a, like a on-camera interview because it's, I mean, yeah. I, I don't, I, I feel like it's it's something that um, can only be done or should only be done for people that have achieved great, great, great achievements mm-hmm. in their life. So, um because, yeah, that's what I always believe in. You let your work speak for yourself. You don't right. have to go around and say, na, oh, I did this, I did that, yes. um, mm-hmm. I'm this good or whatever. So when people actually start seeing that, oh, mm-hmm. your um, your digital campaign actually worked or the influencers actually work or that the social media ads actually, you know, they started asking about mm-hmm. this particular dish or this particular promotion and they said they saw it through like an ad mm-hmm. or like someone shared it and things like that. So when mm-hmm. I start hearing that, that's when um, I feel not really vindicated, but I feel like it's justified all of yeah. the things or all of the challenges that you had to go through or you had to hurdle for you to be able mm-hmm. to share with them that, you know, this is actually something that works. Yeah. Uh, so. And, you know, I hear that you've had a lot of successes in this career of yours. But if we were to talk about the most remarkable one, something that comes into your mind first when we talk about success, what mm-hmm. is that for you? Sorry, I would say Henan talaga. I mean, Henan is one of um, the brands that will always be near and dear to my heart. Um, mm-hmm. Hi, Mr. Carl Chusoy, my boss in, <laughs> my boss in Henan. Um, yeah, um... I would say it's really Henan because that's where mm-hmm. I really, I would say I made my mark, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I keep saying, uh, like in my in my questionnaire, that's what I answered. But I would still say Henan mainly because um, that's where I really grew as a marketing person. And I'm always thankful for um, all of the opportunities, all of the learnings, all of the knowledge, all of the mm-hmm. um, skills that I was able to, you know, hone or, or learn during that period. So um because during during that time that's when i started um finding myself in in my career so it it was you know a huge eye opener for me to realize that i can actually do all of these things yeah. i mean who who I, like after my career in henan i was thinking who knew i could take um this baby henan bohol and take it from mm-hmm. from the ground up and you know it's it's one of the most um, fulfilling things I would say yeah. um, during my career. The grand opening, the simultaneous yeah. um, event for that uh, aircraft with Air Asia. Hi, Mark and um, Pax, yes. if you're watching this, they were my partners there in Carlo. So um, all of the hard work that we had to go through just for us to be able to, you know, reach greater height, so to speak, for, for Henan. So, yeah, I would say one of the proudest uh, moments for me is is that. Because, I mean, that opened all of the opportunities also. The reason why I'm here um, in Grand Hyatt is because I was in Henan, I was in Ascot, I was in um, Crimson, but it all started there. So, I would say, I, I, I would say that, you know, Henan yeah. would be 
one of the most. You know, hearing you you talk about that also, I feel like it was one of the most remarkable moments of your young career. Yes. yes. Very, very young. I mean, not very, very young, but at least you were young back then when you were in Henan. And to be trusted Mm. with that responsibility and to, you know, see your baby, I'd say, grow into something like that right now. And that really makes you proud. I'm very, very sure of that. You know, but yes. You know, Heidi, also, I was thinking while I was listening to you, in this industry, there are a lot of, you know, challenges, of course, but there are also things that would inspire you. And one of these things would be probably mentors, if you have any. I mean, you've Mm -hmm. been there for quite some time. I'm sure you've met a lot of people who are, who have been helpful to you in this industry. Do you you have mentors? Do you have people that you look up to? Do you have people that you consult with from time to time? And if yes... Who are these people and how do they inspire you? How do they? Okay. Um, my number one on the list, surprisingly, is not someone from the hospitality industry. Ooh, she's actually, yeah. yeah, she's actually a journalist. She's an editor. Mm-hmm. Her name is Marbigo. I don't know if you've um, met her. She um, started Wedding Essentials for mm-hmm. um, Manila Bulletin and yeah. she was an editor for Manila Bulletin also. So um, I would say her... Mainly because I always say this, um, I don't know, I, I, I guess I grew up not having that much self-esteem mm-hmm. or not that much confidence. But there are a lot of things that I don't realize that I could actually do or it's actually something that uh, I should be proud of without her telling me. Parang I only realized it because she told me. Na parang, oh, Heidi... Um, I'll introduce you to this person. And then when she introduces me, oh, yeah, this is Heidi. She's one of the uh, um, directors in in Manila for Marcom. And, you know, she's actually very young. So, I mean, things like that. Oh, wow. So, I actually accomplished something because I made it this far at this age. So, she has always, um, she's my mentor in a way because she has always believed in me. And she has always, you know, she always reminds me that when things get hard, you don't give up. You just push on. And that's something that you have to, um, you have to, um, how do I say it? Well, she would always say in Tagalog, um, laban mo lang. So don't yeah. just just make sure that you you fight for it. Parang ganon. So yeah. if it's something that you really believe in, just fight for it. It it might sound crazy to other people, but you know, fight for it. And then yeah. in the industry, really, I would say Miss Carmela Bocanegra from mm-hmm. Chroma. So mm-hmm. she's um she's the VP for sales and marketing in in Chroma. So um during my time in Crimson, she was actually one of the the people that really pushed for the campaigns that I wanted to do. She was mm-hmm. the one that, you know, she was saying that, oh, oh sige, gawin mo yan. Or, or yes, go ahead, do that. I, I'm mm-hmm. sure you can do it. And then, mm-hmm. you know, after everything, she would always be um, constructive. She would give me like the points uh-huh. I needed to improve on. Or um, if if it's actually, she gives credit where credit is true. So I would say um, that's that's big for a mentor because you know you're already at a certain level and not everyone is is comfortable with um, sharing the glory, quote unquote sharing the glory. But you know she's she's one of those people. So and also Miss Melissa Villa, she's she's the one that um, hired me for this job in Grand Hyatt Manila. She mm-hmm. wasn't she didn't even ask me how old I was. Oh, the, the, during my interview, yes, during my interview, the only questions that she asked were, "Can you do this?" Um, like, 
what kind of what kind of campaigns can you do and things like that. It was very technical, and um, I think it was also a good thing that I was very honest with her during the yeah. interview. So I was I was honest with what I could and could not do. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think that's also another big thing for a boss for them not to like for them to see past everything that could stop them, like. If you're too young, or if you're a girl, or you know, um, you didn't come from another five, uh, like another multinational chain, like you know. So, yeah, yeah, I would say those three, those three. You know, I also want to touch a bit on the age because you've mentioned. I see that you look very, very young, but I know you're not as young as what I would think. <laughs> I mean, you're <they're> directly- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You look very, very young, and I just want to yeah. know. This is a personal question of mine. Has there any? Yeah. I mean, have you experienced any? I'd say, I, I don't want to say discrimination, but has there any? negative experience brought about by age in terms of your career or has it been an advantage for you? I would say I've had both. Um, it's an advantage mainly because I can relate to the team better since I'm, well, I'm not saying that, you know, like other age ranges wouldn't uh, be able to to relate to the younger generation. No? But I would say it's an advantage because, you know, my, my age is closer to them. So we mm-hmm. kind of speak the same language. Um, it, it's, it's easier for me to adjust. It's not as difficult. Yeah. And um, I'd say like the flexibility is also something that comes with it. And mm-hmm. then advantage on that side. Disadvantage is... Yeah. Um, I have, I have. Um, some people would be surprised. Now, oh my gosh, he's a director of Marcom. Like, how did that happen? Or mm-hmm. like, when I was in Henan, because I was 25 when I got that job. So they were like, oh, she's so young. How did she get it? Um, I don't think the person that said this would remember Narenaman. But I would say, <laughs> I would say the most unforgettable remark I've had on my age was, she probably got it because she knows the boss. So I was like, I applied through Job Street and I I went mm-hmm. to Assumption. I went to Assumption. So I'm um, and the boss is male. So I'm like, yeah, yeah. they were they were insinuating that we were classmates or we were batchmates in college. Mm-hmm. I was like, um, I'm from Assumption, so that's very unlikely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> very unlikely. So I mean, it's it's um it's been funny. So to so to speak, I mean. It's it's been funny to hear those things, but it's also been a blessing to be this young, doing this kind of job because, mm-hmm. you know, you, you can handle the long hours, you can handle um, having to balance all of the things that you need to balance, like family mm-hmm. and I know, um, you know, like businesses and things like that. So it's it's been it's been a blessing to me more than more than anything. But you know, it, it's it's had it. I, I've had my my share of like. I don't yeah. think she's right for the job because she's too young or, or mm-hmm. things like that. But, you know, I mean, that's life. That's yeah. Life. Like, yeah. Like what one of, one of your men, mentors would say, laban mo lang. Just fight for it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Fight yeah. for it. I love yeah. what you said about, you know, really just fighting for it and having people inspire you regardless of the circumstances. Now I want to understand, how is Heidi like as a leader? Naman? I know that uh, you your people, your staff, your teammates, your colleagues, and a lot of people maybe also look, are looking up to you. How how is Heidi as a leader? What is your leadership style like? Uh, I would say it's I would say it's quite different from um, the traditional way because I don't um, I, I really don't believe in leading 
through um, like fear or mm-hmm. leading through um, like mandating things or like making mm-hmm. sure like, I don't believe in that. Mm-hmm. I, I always believe in um, being considerate, being firm, but being considerate, being um, someone that can lead by example. Because I don't, mm-hmm. I, I, I will always be the first to say, you want us to listen to you, but you do this. Or you want us to to follow you, but you don't follow your own rules. So uh, for me, it's it's very important to lead by example. It's very important to um, be compassionate, to be considerate, to be firm, but um, yeah, to to understand what what the other person is going through. So I, I mean, in in the book, the evangelist, what I kept on saying was, um, empathy is something that you really need in this industry. Mainly because in, in, in marketing and PR, it's something that you need to possess because you're dealing with other people's lives. Yeah. You're dealing with other people's feelings. You're dealing with other people's experiences. So you need to be um, someone that has that ability to understand, mm-hmm. not just really like listen to it or just like say na, mm-hmm. oh yeah, I know that um, I know that this person is going through something, but I need this. So regardless. Yeah. So my leadership, oh yeah. So I would say my 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 leadership style is really more of more of that. So I I always tell them I'm not your boss. Okay. Mm-hmm. I am your manager, yes, but I am not your boss. Mm-hmm. Our boss is the person up there. Right. You right. know, our boss is the GM. Our boss are the owners. I'm here mm-hmm. to help you. Whatever I need to do to help you. Whatever I need to do to make your lives easier. Whatever I need to do to make sure that um, we accomplish. What we need to accomplish, just let me know. It's not. Um, it's. I, I always believe in teamwork. It's not something that you know. Mm-hmm. I'm the director. I don't do that. Mm-hmm. That's that's one thing we avoid. I, I tell my team if I do that or if I come anywhere yeah. near that kind of attitude, hit me in the face or like yeah. call, me, call out. me out. Yes, no, that's call true. Me that's out, true. Call me out. Call me out. So I, I, I would say that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love it when you say that you're open to all these, even if. Technically, they're your direct reports, but mm-hmm. you're open to you're open to them calling you out and really just working together to achieve whatever you need to achieve. Now, um, Heidi, was there any specific circumstance that you remember? No, maybe one of your direct reports. Uh, really, you, you, it was a challenging encounter. Maybe mm-hmm. whatever sort. Is there something like that that you recall? Maybe okay, this person is really difficult to handle. Or for him or her, yeah. I have, I have, and I. But I, you know, I, I've been blessed to not have that um, frequently. So to say, mm-hmm. it, it's it hasn't been um, a frequent occurrence. But I would say the most most difficult person to handle. That it's only happened to me once, mm-hmm. and. Um, I guess not everyone is open to confrontation or not everyone is open to like having this open forum or like um uh, a discussion of of things that we need to discuss no because I believe in but I personally believe in that so I think that's where um some difficulties lie sometimes Mainly because if you're not willing to talk about it and you're you know you're harboring all of these feelings but you're working together and you know you sometimes you just end up like exploding so I, I always believe in in handling it in a way that you know just as we handle clients mm-hmm. you have to be honest you have to be transparent but you still have to be um compassionate or you have to be understanding so yeah i mean the way i handle that person was um 
how I want them to call me out. That's how I do it. So it's, it's like me sharing with them that, okay, so when someone's wrong, this is what you're supposed to do. You're not supposed mm-hmm. to just, um, you're not supposed to just uh, take it sitting down or or let it pass, quote unquote, let yes. it pass. I hate that. So what you do is you, you just sit them down. You ask for their time. You ask for um, like maybe 10, 15, 20 minutes of their time and ask them, um, is there a problem? Okay. Do we need to do we need to um, fix anything? Do you need to tell me anything? Is there anything that I can help you with, or or are you having problems at home? You don't need to tell me what the specifics are, but if you have problems at home, you can tell me. At least I would understand why your, you know, your your mind seems to be somewhere else. Right, so it's right. it's always it's always give and take. So if it's someone if someone is being difficult, I don't believe that people are difficult just because they want to be difficult. Mm-hmm. I think they. I think everyone becomes difficult because they're either going through something, um, they're thinking about their mind is somewhere else, or you know whatever it may be. But they're not being difficult just because they want to be. But if they are, I mean, you know, that's, that's another story. story. Um, that's a different story. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but you have to you get to the bottom of it because you don't yeah. solve anything by just letting it pass or whatever, like. You know, or this again. Like, if you're if you're being um if you're being rude to me, then I'll be rude to you. You don't solve anything doing that. You have yeah. to you have to find out what's going on. Yeah. So I, I, I I'd handle it like that. It's really leading by example. I love it. Even the way that you mentioned the story, it's leading by example. You you tell you tell people, okay, this is how to do it because that's also how you want it to be done to you. you know yes. What I mean? Yeah. Yes. It's leading by example. I love it. It's so casual. Oh, thank it's you. Important learning a lot but let's go to the to, to my favorite part to my favorite oh my gosh yeah Market mondays influencers okay. now okay earlier when we were talking about it also you've mentioned that or oh, you've worked with a couple of influencers maybe early on i don't know 2015 20 maybe even before that mm-hmm. i want to know how is your experience like with influencers so far, so far, well, I, I would say so far so good. Because I mean, I I would I would um like to think that um influencers are like normal people just like us. But when I started started this journey, you know, when 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 I had my first um trip with influencers, um, Hilarine and Nicole, <laughs> they might laugh when oh. they see this. But the first time, the first time I worked with influencers was actually with them. We invited them to Henan Bohol. Um, I met with them at the airport. So that was the first time I saw them. So when I saw them, you know, actually prior to that, I was very, very nervous. I was thinking maybe like, you know, what if they're, um, what if they, how do I say it in English? Masungit. Masungit in English is, I don't know. Snobbish? I don't know the English. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, snobbish, 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 I would say. Um, I, I was thinking like, what if they were snobbish? What if, um, what if they don't like me? You know, I have that fear of, um, of, of, uh, the unknown. So, um, I was pleasantly surprised when they were saying that, oh, just come here, sit beside us. Like, and don't call me Miss, because I was calling them Miss Nicole, Miss Lorraine. They were like, "Don't call us Miss." I know, like, that's oh, so funny. Yeah. Don't call us Miss. So, and as the trip progressed, they actually started asking me, like, "So, why did you start doing this? How are you guys doing?" And they turned out to be very, very down to earth people. And then that's when I started to realize that I shouldn't be afraid of of, of people that are doing this, or or, or of, of influencers or media people, because yeah. they're just like us, you mm-hmm. know. They're really just like us. And 
what they really want is for you to treat them with respect. So, yeah. so you know, I mean, I think that's that's the essential of it. Treat them with respect. Um, be mindful of of what you're asking from them, and um, yeah, just be um, be upfront. Don't don't hide anything from them. If if there's a problem, just let them know. Or if you're having difficulties, just let them know because they'd always understand. I mean, um, and I'm, I would say I'm, I'm pretty lucky that the first influencers that I got to work with were actually Nicole and Lorraine because like. Right now, Lorraine has more than 1 million followers already. Wow. Um, we started working together, yeah, when she, she had about 500,000 plus, I think. Now she's at one more than a million. She oh, had that yeah. mark last year. Yeah, we were all together in San Francisco, Camila Nicole. And, you know, I was jet lagged. And then when she when I saw that she hit it and she released the video, I was like, oh my gosh, I need to take a break and say congratulations to her because she earned it. I mean, she's a very, very wow. talented person and um, mm. very down to earth. She says mm. um, hi to everyone. She... Um, gives way to everyone that you know asks for a video or like any yes. any greeting. So I would say, yeah, influencer marketing. My, I mean, influencer experience is like mm. very, very, very good. <laughs> That's great to hear. I mean, working with all these influencers that are up there, it's it's a really different experience. But mm. you know, and this was an issue that came maybe last year or the year before that where influencers would really get in touch. Some influencers would really get in touch with the brands directly or maybe some hotels directly, you know, mm-hmm. messaging them and asking for a free stay in exchange of coverage or in exchange of posts. What are mm-hmm. your thoughts on that? Well, um, okay, I would say that there are a lot of up-and-coming um, influencers or bloggers that want to, of course, make it in the industry, no? So, yeah. um, I think one thing that they should consider before sending a message is, uh, how will it make the person receiving this feel? Just like when I invite influencers, how would it make that person feel? Would they feel like, oh, they actually value me because uh, the invite says this, this, this. And, you know, Mm. it's done in a way or it's packaged in a way that's actually substantial for me. So for for influencers that are trying to make it in the industry, um, I would say consider how the other person would feel when they read it. Like, does mm. it sound empathic? Does it sound considerate? Does it sound uh, does it sound like a good deal to them? Because essentially, it's like exchanging a service, right? So for them yeah. to to say yes, it has to be something that's of benefit to them as well. So um, I think that on that end if we're talking about the same thing no there there have been some some i've experienced that there have been some messages that have said like you need to respond in 48 hours so i'm like wait one moment really and then you go to the profile and you're like oh my god seriously like so it has to be you know i would say it has to be um at the same level where they want to be respected, they also have to respect the brand. I mean, I don't mm-hmm. mind people asking for things because honestly, I'm an aggressive person. I'm I'm persistent and I'm aggressive. So I understand I understand go-getters that, you know, want to email for them to see what they can get. And yeah. There's, yeah, so there's no problem in that. There's no shame in that. For you to actually try and go get something that you want, that's actually something I respect. But you have to be someone that's very um, also respectful of the other person. The person mm. on the other end, because mm. I mean, like that, the right? like w- yeah. give the person like forty eight hours to respond. Like I was so, like, what? 
what? Wait lang. Right. Have 48 yeah, hours to respond. Yeah. If I do that, yeah, diba? Like, mm-hmm. if I do that one influencer, I'd be dead by now. Like, oh my gosh, I cannot yeah. do that. So, right. mm-hmm. so, yeah, I would say, like, you know, it's 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 come to, to my attention, some of those things. And I've received a lot of questions from other people. Like, how do you deal with that? So yeah, we just no. politely, yeah, we just politely tell them that you know I I apologize, but I don't think we can accommodate or like mm-hmm. it. It actually very, it's very dependent on how it's, um, how it's packaged or, or how they ask for something. Yeah. But, um, generally, if it's something that we can't do, then of course we just tell them. We politely tell them that you know, in as much as we would like to accommodate, it's not something that we can, um, we can do so at the moment. So yeah, yeah. I love that it's like that. But, you know, in the influencer community of Blogapalooza, we always tell them it's value for value. We have to direct value first, right, to the brand. Value yes. first to the brand. Because, you know, and this one, you're, you're, a, you're a representative of the brand. You know, if, if you see that an influencer is valuable, if he or she is fit for the brand, if that's something that you can work on mm-hmm. collaboratively, naman, I don't think there will be a problem, right? I mean, Exactly, exactly, exactly. Value exactly. Yeah. Correct, correct. I love how you say that. Now that we're in the in the part of the show where we talk about advice, and you've mentioned a couple of pieces of advice for our influencers. Now there are a lot of viewers that we have here also that mm-hmm. are new in the in the, in this field of marketing. Maybe mm-hmm. trying to do a career change, industry shift, just like what you did before. What is your mm-hmm. advice for people who are trying out their luck in this career of marketing? Hmm. I would say, um, huh. take everything with a grain of salt mm-hmm. and um, accept the challenge. There, there will always be challenges. There will always be um roadblocks or hindrances or um difficulties where and there will be times where you feel like you're really really being tested like you know sometimes you might even ask why am i even here why am i doing this but you know mm-hmm. i would say um i would say push on as mm-hmm. as my one of my mentors would say just keep fighting for it um dream big i mean like it no one can no one can ever tell you that you can't do it aside from yourself so when people tell you that you can't do it challenge it like prove mm-hmm. them wrong it's one of my hobbies to be completely yeah. honest one of my hobbies like yeah. when you say yeah when you say that you know i can't do it it actually just pushes me to like want to do it more mm-hmm. or do it better just for me to be able to say that oh I can tell myself, oh, they told they, they told me I couldn't do it, but I was able to do that. So yeah. I would say, um, challenge, challenge the norm. Don't be afraid to fight for um, the campaigns that you believe in. Um, don't be afraid to uh, think outside of the box. I mean, it's it's very cliche, but that's that's actually one thing that will really put you ahead of others in marketing. Don't be afraid to um, ask questions. I mean, people people these days the they think that if you ask a question, it will make you sound stupid or it will make you look like you're, you're, you don't know what you're talking about. But asking questions actually lead you to better results, better, um, better out, outcomes, better um, strategies, mainly because you have the courage to ask about um, the difficult things like, um, can we actually do it? Is it something that's um, 
foreseeable in the future? Is it something that's feasible? Mm-hmm. Is it something that um, the 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 audience will like? So, yeah. RC Cola, my God. I mean, when I saw that commercial... I was ask you about that. What are your thoughts on it? The first, the first time I saw that commercial, I was like, ah, I know what they're trying to do here. They're really mm-hmm. trying to get people to talk about them. That's it. They yeah. don't care what the if it if it makes sense or not. What they want uh-huh. to achieve is uh-huh. people to start talking about them, and it worked. It worked. People started no. making. People made like those Instagram stickers. Yeah. Of, you were moving your head, the head. The right. head the, so I mean, you know, there's that's that. There's a sequel of that. Yes, the hand, right? Oh. Yeah, the hand. The hand. The eyes. Yeah. I love right? it. So I mean, it's that's a classic, a classic example of, of challenging the norm mm-hmm. and going further, and you know, asking the difficult questions. Can the market handle this? Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure, like like the traditional um, thinkers or, or the ones that are boxed would always say, "Ano ba yan? Like, what the hell? I mean, people will people actually um, respond to that, or will they will they react well to that? And they did. I mean, did. I would say I would say a hundred friends of mine on Facebook uh, shared that. So that yeah, worked. Yeah. I mean, it worked for them. So yeah, it, trended say, yeah. it trended in Twitter like 5 million views. Now. Yeah. Right? So I would say those those things they have to remember. And always remember why you're doing this. Mm-hmm. Always have a purpose behind everything that you're doing. Because if you don't have a purpose behind it, then, you know, at the end of the day, when things get hard, you might just end up um, giving up. But if you know the purpose behind everything you're doing, if you know the end goal of what you're trying to achieve, then everything will, you know, everything will will seem as if it's something that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's something that will just pass through you and you will always just think that, you know, at the end of the day, I will accomplish all of these things. At the end of the day, I will be doing this for my team. At the end of the day, I will, do, I will, I will be achieving this for my brand. So, yeah. I would say, I love it. Uh-huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, love it, love it, love it so much. There were so many value bombs in that conversation. I was just really sitting here and listening to you and learning, absorbing as much as I can. But Heidi, I promise our viewers that we're going to talk about how are things like in this new normal in the hospitality industry. What are the mm-hmm. things that people need to do prior to maybe checking in a hotel? What are the things that they have to prepare for? Uh, okay, so for um, staycations these days, it's, um, it's, it's a number of requirements, but I would say it's, it's actually something that will um, put you at peace, especially if you're like me, I'm, I'm paranoid. So yeah. <laughs> having the tests done prior to check-in is, is one of them. That's um, a mandate by the Department of Tourism. So they require everyone to be tested, everyone that's checking in to be tested um, mm-hmm. through a rapid antigen test or if um, someone that took a test um, on the day of the check-in, that's PCR, that's also something that we accept. Mm-hmm. So you have to um, have a negative result, of course. And then, of course, prior to you checking in, you also have this wellness um, wellness uh, form that you have to fill out. Yeah. So you need to let us know if you've traveled outside of the Philippines or if there are any other precautions that we need to take, mm-hmm. things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but yeah, basically that's it. You really just need to have the test. And yeah. um, for for um, residents of NCR and um, Laguna, Calabarzon is um, Laguna, um, Batangas, Quezon. Yeah. Rizal, mm-hmm. Yes. So for residents of NCR and Calabarzon, you can check into um, hotels in, in Manila, in Metro Manila, provided that you give us your um, proof of residence. Mm. So those are those are the the two things. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Yeah. yeah, at least that's something useful for our viewers. But my final question for you, Heidi, is given all these changes in the recent times because of the pandemic also, how do you foresee the hospitality industry in the next three to five years? Huh. Well, I would say it's been, um, I wouldn't say difficult. I would say it's been challenging for most, mainly because we had to undergo, like, actually in Hyatt, we're pretty lucky. We're pretty fortunate because um, Hyatt is very particular about safety and hygiene. So we've had trainings even prior. So we've had accreditations even prior. So uh, we've had our food safety or food hygiene safety certification called the ISO 2200, um, 22,000. Uh, last 2018 or 2019. So that's been something that we've had from, from before. And then during the beginning of 2020, we had, um, several other trainings like, uh, GBAC. So that's a global buyer risk, adver, uh, advisory board or council. Sorry. So it's, it's, um, more of looking out for the guests, making sure that everything is clean, sanitized, um, what the protocols are and things like that. So for the hospitality industry, I would say that would be the biggest challenge or the biggest hurdle for us to be able to, um, quote unquote, operate normally in the next few years. So, of course, with, with, with this pandemic, we have to be more, uh, mindful of how we, how we take care of things, how we, um, take care of the guests. We don't just, um, want them to be safe, physically safe. We want them to be, uh, mentally and, you know, like medically safe. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Peace of mind. That's priceless. Yes. Yes, of course. Of course. So, I mean, we, we do that in a way where we do these constant audits, constant retrainings, constant reminders for everyone to do their part. It's not just going to be housekeeping doing their part. It's not just going to be um, the food and beverage team doing their part in terms of, of dining and things like that. It's going to be every single person in the hotel. Every single person in the hotel is responsible for everyone that's coming in. So if, if you're feeling unwell, don't even bother coming into work. If you're feeling, um, if you feel like you're having um, a cough, if you have like, um, like, the flu or whatever, even if it's not COVID, just don't come to work. It's it's really more of of making sure that everyone else in the hotel is healthy to serve all of the guests. Yeah, yeah. So that's how we see it moving forward. We're we're actually we've actually been doing that since March. But you know, moving forward, we continue to do that. We continue to make sure that we don't um mm-hmm. we don't put even the slightest bit of doubt right. in the minds of the guests. Yeah. So that's that's that. I see. That keeps me at peace. I know that, you know, I know that when I check in, in this hotel, everything has been prepared for, you know what I mean? Yes, yes, yes. That's true. 
Thank you so much again, Heidi, for making time for Market Econ Days. And we love learning from you. We love listening to you. We super duper love everything that you said. And thank if you. For people that would like to find you, where can they follow you? They can follow me on Instagram. It's just Heidi Manabat. That's just my name. So, um, yeah, that's that's where they can find me on Facebook. I mean, I don't really post there. <laughs> well, I don't really post on Instagram also. But, uh-huh. you know, what, what I have there are things that are going on in the hotel, things that I'm working on, things that um, mm-hmm. my friends are working on. So, like, if I see, like, uh, some of the influencers or other other people that I work with doing mm-hmm. something, that's where I, I share it. So, you know, if you have, if you want to, if you want to reach out to me, you can contact me there. Love anytime. it. Love it. Thank you, thank you so very much, Heidi. And on behalf of Wagapalooza and Marketing Mondays, we give you so much, so much thanks and we wish you happy holidays and more success in the career that you will choose moving forward. Thank you, Heidi. And to all the thank marketing you. Thank you. Bye.